Fine. Welcome back to The Trade. I'm Gina Beck. This is Drew Williams. Thank you for listening, liking, commenting, and subscribing. We appreciate y'all, especially reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really means a lot. And like always, thank you for the continued engagement, the continued support, and the hashtag Banana Cats. How are you, Drew? I'm doing all right, G. How are you? I'm doing fine. I just kind of woke up from a nap. I'm just ready to start the podcast. Well, I wanted to just first off say Happy New Year and uh, ask you how your trip to L.A. was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, We spent time there for my birthday and then we did some business. Uh, For my birthday, we spent the day together. We ran a few errands. It was the first day that it rained there in a really long time. Uh, We got like what one of the biggest downpours yeah we got it up here too it was a lot of rain for california yeah on my birthday uh so it was just really chill and we drove around we got to see how the city is doing which it's not doing that well it was pretty sad to see the city be down in the dumps like that like some parts that you don't expect to have homeless you know taken over there are right now and it's like you know there's no middle in la you know there's no there's no middle ground it's either the rich or the poor you know so it was really sad to see how much that's happened there and it kind of like reminds you to look out for your community and even the communities that you're not a part of to look out for them also it was just uh it was sad to see that really but other than that it was a good time. I got to meet new people. We shot at Sean Kingston's house for Dream Babes, a little business adventure that I'm in with Jenna. And yeah, we just, we had a lot of fun. I got to meet some of the girls. I got to meet Sean and his friends. I got to meet some cool videographers and I got to write down some of their equipment so that I can get it. <laughs> it was a learning experience for sure. That's awesome. No, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, when he first arrived, I was like, gee, brought the weather with her. It rains, finally, when she shows up. All day, all day. It was raining like crazy. Uh, either I was even on YouTube looking around, and in my recommended was a whole YouTube video about it. This man, uh, that I must, he must live in L.A., he rode around and showed exactly what I was talking about. Like, he showed the just how everything goes down in the rain and just gets turned upside down. You know, the homeless have to live through that. And he showed that them living through the conditions and then it all drying up. And you know, you know how like when garbage gets wet and then dry and they're surrounded by that. So he was just kind of explaining their conditions and what they're going through. And um, it was literally everything I just talked about summed up in a video. If you guys want to check it out. It's one of those things. It's like the metro areas in California are all like that. And it's, it's like slowly become most of the state. It's kind of, it's sad. Right. Right. I heard that um, in certain areas, it's very surprising that it's gotten that bad, especially the more, the the areas closer to Hollywood. Yeah. There's scale areas that are getting, they have homeless camps now. Right, whole whole camps. They got tents on top of tents that are like really heavy duty tents, you know. <laughs> and they got a string of them, like there's little holes in each one. Like they got their own little houses in there, and um, they got their own little forts built. 
if you really think about it, I mean, if you want to save some money, you just build yourself a nice tent on a good sidewalk out there. I'm not kidding. I saw the smartest thing. <laughs> These people were in front of a fast food joint, right in front of it, just took over their sidewalk, right? And right across the street, there's a gas station. They got their beer across the street. They got their cigarettes. They got their snacks. And then right in front of, they're right in front of their food. You know, their dollar cheeseburger or their, their $3 chili fry. I mean, it's the total setup right there on Hollywood. And you got a nice view. <laughs> Just like, these guys are figuring it out out here. But it's sad at the same time. It makes you want to like go buy a hundred pizzas and hand out the pizzas. But then you think, am I enabling this situation or am I really helping? You know, what, what are their, I think everybody that thinks about that has that dilemma. Am I helping or am I enabling when it's they think about really getting them food? It's a complex issue that I think more and more just Americans in general are realizing that it's a very real problem and they yeah, yeah. know people in some way that are becoming homeless and yeah, yeah. you don't know if you're enabling it or helping it and there a lot of them are actually really good people it's just there's some really Hell crazy yeah. ones that that With make mental illness look more mm -hmm. yeah but yeah well let's uh let's jump to an article this one's uh okay this is positive it was reported this uh, i was reported today on the 7th Tewksbury Base Coats for Kids receives $25,000 donation from Boston Investment Firm. Massachusetts frigid winter weather is often downright unbearable without protection of a winter coat, and thousands of men and women and children rely on New England's largest coat drive, Coats for Kids, to provide them with protection from the state's freezing temperatures. But as the lockdowns continue to shut down public events across the Commonwealth, the Tewksbury-based organization was unable to host collection drives at local schools and saw a significant decline in donations, leaving the desperate for additional support to make up for the drop-off. Fortunately, one local investment firm came to help in one big way. Officials with Coats for Kids announced last month that Boston-based company Bain Capital gifted the organization $25,000 the week before Christmas to help purchase new warm winter coats for residents in need. It was a real surprise. I was blown away and totally humbled, said Arthur Anton Jr., Chief Operating Officer of Anton's Cleaners and founder of the program. This is the most we've ever received from an outside company, and it was out of the blue, which is amazing that they would hear about us and come forward with such a sizable donation. However, while Mr. Anton Jr. said that the donation will make a big impact, officials with kids with officials with coats for kids said that in a statement that they are still in need for more donations as the lockdowns have prevented many schools from hosting coat drives where 50% of all coats are collected and stretched the organization discreetly or <laughs> excuse me and stretched the organization's discretionary income thinner than it ever had been before. Specifically, Ant Anton Jr. said that they've collected 12,000 fewer coats than they did last time, the same time last year. There's always been a need, he said, especially this year with so many people are struggling with unemployment and losing their jobs and having to decide to put food on the table or buy a coat. Because of this, he said that this year they have extended the program 
for the first week of January until the end of February in order to help reach their goal of collecting 40,000 quotes. So far, the drive has collected half. Help is still needed in the form of financial donations and our collection partners to continue the work of organizations, officials said in a statement. Since Coats for Kids began in 1995, it has collected, cleaned, and donated more than 1 million coats, according to the company's press release. In addition to Anton's Cleaner, which cleans the donated coats, the drive is sponsored by corporate partner Jordan Furniture and Enterprise Bank. Donations are welcome at any of the 37 Anton Cleaners six Jordan's Furniture Stores, or 26 Enterprise Bank's branches. Coats are distributed by groups such as the Massachusetts Community Action Program, the Salvation Army, the Middlesex Human Service Agency, the Women's Lunch Place, and BU Medical Center Outreach. It's kind of cool. I mean, that's a really cool. I'd never heard of it before, but that's really cool that they, uh, they do that, and they've been doing that for that long. Something that I... Being a Cali kid, don't really think about as a winter coat. It's cool that there's people out there doing that type of stuff. Yeah, and I think it happens in more areas than we know. I know, especially in around my area, it gets really cold. Tons of area, other areas, they do it also. This next article is about two moms who are looking for housing for their nine kids. They got a whole herd of children. <laughs> They have the money, but they're stuck and they need they need help. She has money for housing, but she can't find a place is the thing. It's become that hard during what's going on in the world right now, the lockdown and everything. King has banded with another mom, though, Ashley Kendrick. They have nine children between them. The children have the same father who is in prison. And she says, we're a family, we're a team, we're a blended family. We take pride in it, and this is, and at this point, we're stuck. There are several obstacles preventing them and others like her from getting housing. There's multiple women like her. The state declared a moratorium on evictions to help people who can't pay rent stay in their homes, but that also meant fewer vacancies. She said, I had a voucher for 11 months and could not find a place. It's a rapid rehousing voucher from the county that would cover her rent. If only she could find a landlord willing to accept it, though. It says, what's rapid rehousing if you're not rapidly getting her rehoused, right? So Tom Webster, the manager of housing and homelessness prevention in Thurston County, uh, doesn't dispute this. They issue vouchers that are intended to cover someone's rent for up to two years. We're able to fund these vouchers and give households the vouchers to go out and look for rental housing, but it's a challenge to find someone who's willing to rent them. King has taken the lead on their fruitless search for rental housing. She said, I have applied for over 75 to 100 of these with these applications. That's at least a minimum of 16 to 45 dollars in only application fees. She also pays for background checks through Zillow. And right now the family is staying in a Tumwater hotel. And King said that time is running out. Um, she's truly grateful for any kind of help that people can give her. I'll definitely leave this link in the description below. And if anybody in the area knows any way that she could get any kind of housing in Thurston County. And um, maybe you guys could reach out either to us and we can go to her or go straight to her. 
But it sounds like all she needs is just um, a, a landlord that's willing to accept a voucher that she has. And there's got to be somebody. You know, she, she obviously can't cover all the ground by herself. That's why she resorted to the news. Yeah, you would think with everything that's going on right now, and especially with children, you'd think that would be a, a bigger priority for, uh, I don't know, local, whoever organizes local officials and stuff like that to take care of that stuff. It's, it's, it's kind yeah. of disheartening and sad. Especially when you only have so long in a hotel or something, you know, you, you've got to figure it out fast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, living in a hotel with, with, I said, nine kids, can you imagine? Like, I, I right. can't. I can't even imagine that at all. Talking about kids, I have one more thing I wanted to bring up. I've seen a lot of titles lately about children with anxiety during lockdowns. I saw stuff from uh, New York Times. Uh, there was the, uh, where was this? Child counseling in Davidson. This is another article that said, why so many kids and teens have depression during the lockdown. So there was a study that came from the National Institute of Health. So I think it's been partially peer reviewed. And it's the impact of lockdown on mental health of children and adolescents, a narrative review with recommendations. I'm not gonna read this entire thing, but the uh, background on it is, lockdowns have brought about a sense of fear and anxiety around the globe. This is a phenomenon has led to short-term as well as long-term cycles Psychosocial and mental health implications for children and adolescents. The quality and magnitude of impact on minors is determined by many vulnerability factors like developmental age, educational status, pre-existing mental health conditions, being economically unprivileged, or being quarantined due to infection or fear of infection. They went through and they took a bunch of stats and other articles and things like that, and they came to some conclusions. There is a pressing need for planning longitudinal and developmental studies and implementing evidence-based elaboratively plan of action to cater to the psychosocial and mental health needs of the vulnerable children and adolescents during the lockdowns. There is a need to ameliorate children and adolescent access to mental health supportive services geared towards providing measures for developing health coping mechanisms during the current crisis. For this initiative, child and adolescent mental health policies with direct and digital collaborative networks of psychiatrists, psychologists, pediatricians, and community volunteers are deemed necessary. So I just, I I really just bring it up because I see more and more articles every day. I go dig through New York Times or Wall Street Journal or NBC or something like that. And I see a lot of things about kids with depression on the rise during these lockdowns and i think people just need to pay a little bit more attention to how their kids are reacting and maybe ask them how they're doing really sit them down i don't i don't really know how you do that and get them out of them the those questions but we well, see every, almost every kid i'd say has uh, one of these nowadays a cellular device. If not one of these, they have something like it, like a tablet or something that a parent thinks is less dangerous than a cell phone, but it still gives them access to YouTube and some of the apps that we have access to daily. And I think that is a a factor in it. I think that, like you said, being able to sit them down and talk to them about certain things. 
I feel like it's a time, we're in a time where, you know, parents have the room, I feel like, to be more open with their children than our parents were open with us, with all the information we know these days, and like with how we were raised, we're able to, you know, learn from that, but then also teach our kids things that we wish we knew, you know, and I feel like every parent, when you get older, you wish you knew certain things as a child, but I think now in our day and age, we're able to utilize the information we know and really teach it to our kids, unlike our parents were. It, you know, we have so much information in the palm of our hands. Why not utilize it? And why not teach it the right way rather than put it in their hands and them use it the wrong way? And I think that's what develops that anxiety and depression is there's a lot of comparing. You know, your kid might be nine years old, but they're comparing themselves to Lacey on TikTok, who's got nine million followers, who's also 12 years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, a, that's, a, that's stressful. That is stressful for a child. <laughs> it might not sound stressful to you, but be nine years old in that little Rodney shoes, looking at Lacey wanting nine million <laughs> followers on TikTok by doing the woe. You're going to be stressed out. <laughs> and it's going to develop things that you don't want developed, like anxiety and depression and, you know, develop being coming shy or becoming more confident. It really depends on the child. So it's all about just paying attention to what your child is consuming and being able to guide them through the emotions and feelings that they're having and let them know that they are, you know, special. And they are who they are for a reason. I couldn't say it any better. I think that's that all needs to be said about that. <laughs> and I hope YouTube doesn't, you know, <laughs> get mad at me for talking about this. <laughs> YouTube is always mad at us. Okay, so <laughs> this take this has taken place kind of close to home, Portland, Oregon. Uh, not that not that far away from me. A woman is facing charges after going after another woman on Spirit Airlines flight at a Portland International Airport on Sunday because the woman's kids had kicked the back of her seat. I really want to talk about this because how ridiculous does this sound? <laughs> if a kid was kicking the back of my seat, I would not be like, come on, mom, put him up, put him up, kid's mother. <laughs> like, who is she? Who does she think she is? Her name is Daedrina Jaslyn Walker-Williams. She pulled her luggage from an overhead bin and then punched the passenger, Natalie Hernandez, several times, leaving Hernandez with a bleeding lip and lumps on her head. <sighs> a probable cause affidavit states Walker Williams said she hit Hernandez two to three times in the face with, uh, obviously, her hand. She told police she was upset with her children that kicked the back of her seat, and she told her to tell her kids to stop it. The lady reported and said that she ignored her, so that's why she hit her on the shoulder. Uh, Walker Williams said she didn't tell a flight attendant about the shoulder hit because her first reaction was to fight. According to the affidavit, officers told Walker Williams that other people on the plane saw her pummel Hernandez. Walker Williams' reply, according to the affidavit, was, you do what you gotta do. Okay, listen. <laughs> Miss Walker, listen, Miss Walker Williams, when you're in the middle of a flight and there's some innocent things going on, you don't do what you gotta do. This is not 
uh, a 60-year-old woman who should know by now not to randomly kick a seat on purpose. This is a freaking child that we're talking about. Like, <laughs> come on. Who cares if anybody's ignoring you, for one? We all know how planes are. Don't go on a plane, especially during lockdown. If you're going to be mad about anything, I feel like, right? Like anything. If you're worried about masks, if you're worried about breathing, if you're worried about children, don't go anywhere. <laughs> well, I just, I was just blown away by the fact that, yeah, like you said, you, you don't punch somebody because of a, a kid did something. <laughs> like, and on top of that, like, how do you think you're going to get away with that on an airplane? Like, I don't care. Okay, I mean, there's obviously things, but I don't care what you what the child is doing. It does not mean to punch the parent. You know, there's ways to go about things. It's always about how you handle things, especially today. You know, in my mind, I like to put myself in other people's shoes. So what if you're teaching that kid to do that now? And now that kid is... 17 years old on a plane to Vegas to see his dad and now he's beating up people. It's like you're just passing this down to someone else, whether it's on purpose or subconsciously. This kid is going to pick that up in the future or whoever watched it around them, right? Whatever kid it is, like that that you're teaching someone in a way that that's okay. It obviously depends on the person, but I hope that the parent that all of this happened with takes their kid home and explains this situation from A to Z and teaches that kid that that's the wrong way to handle situations. And just like we talked about last time, it's like, it's all about how you handle situations and what your kid is seeing and consuming. Well, if that kid just consumed that situation, it deserves a conversation and it deserves some explaining. Otherwise you're leaving the kid confused. Right. I, I got to say this because I know some listeners probably screaming this and teach your kids not to kick people's back of their chair on the airplane. That's also, <laughs> yeah, that's also something you could probably talk to them about too. It's such like an uncommon uh, issue. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, this it's like, I mean, it's an issue that's like been in a billion movies, but it's like, I've never seen one where like <laughs> someone really took action, took action, like on it. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Like it, it's crazy. I just, uh, you just got to be really angry. You have to be really in an angry place in your life to be that triggered so fast, I feel like. You know, you just think about maybe what she is going through in her life to make her that angry. Where you just turn around and you're just like, let's go, little Rodney's mom. She might do that in life, though. That might be how she handles stuff in life all the time. She's just a whole Karen. There's a whole Karen on her own. She's a super Karen. Karen. Super Karen. Have you watched the movie Soul? That just came out. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. Instead of releasing it to theaters, they no. Put it that's on there. one of the ones that because my niece is getting to that age where we. I mean, she doesn't really like watch watch movies, but it's stuff we can have on the background. That's one of the ones I want to watch. It looks really really good. I won't ruin anything for you, but you have to watch it. And anybody that's listening, watch it. Watch it with your kids or your grandkids or by yourself. Doesn't you don't even need to watch it with kids. It's a great movie for adults and and really listen to it and consume it. Like sit down. When you sit down watching it, don't just watch it for enjoyment. Watch it because, like, maybe you're going in to learn something. Because it's really one of those movies that 
it's not just for kids. It's it's like they made it for adults, but kids can enjoy it too. It's and got it, incredible reviews. It's supposed to be one of the first animated ones in a long time that is truly like an original story and like new. And it's got, like you said, it's got a lot of lessons for everybody in it. And it's got a lot of deep meaning, even if you're not spiritual or you're not um religious or anything like that it's got a lot of deep meaning just on the surface you know that's doesn't even have to do with anything specific or the way that you move in your life it, it's just a great movie i, I recommend it i watched it twice <laughs> i wanted to watch it when i was in la but i came home and watched it and I just, I really recommend it. So I want to end it on that note, on a positive, go watch this kind of note. Um, it, it's great. It's really good. Yeah, it's definitely going to be one of the ones I'm going to watch soon. Yeah, it's been a minute since I was like, man, that's a good Disney movie. <laughs> since I was a kid, I think. Or since that hot dog movie came out, that comedy hot dog one. I think, I don't even know if that's Disney, but that was great. Oh, the, the adult <laughs> one? Yeah, the oh, adult. That was, I don't think that was Disney at all. That was. Uh, Is it not Disney? No, that was Seth Rogen and uh, what's his name? The other guy from Pineapple Express. Those are the guys that wrote all that. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, it's been a minute since uh, good. <laughs> I've been able to say that's a great Disney movie. Like, go check it out. I totally thought that Hot Dog one was. No, Disney. I think it's way too adult based to be uh, <laughs> at least the full on regular Disney name. I mean, they do own other companies, but they're not under that Disney name. Yeah, it's a, it was a little raunchy uh, to be. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that movie Disney was name. completely for adults. There's no lesson to be made in that. It's just to make adults laugh. That movie's awesome. But Well, thank you for listening, liking, commenting, and subscribing. We appreciate y'all. Until next time, Banana Cats. <laughs> Banana Cats. Peace. <laughs>